Welcome to Checking In. I'm Carolyn Kilstra, Self Magazine's Editor-in-Chief. Every week, people call in to ask for advice and talk through something they're struggling with. And I reach out to experts and other people who've been there before to try to help. When we put out the call for submissions, so many listeners had the same question. How do I motivate myself to work out? And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Monica lives in Peoria, Arizona. She has a home gym, a flexible work schedule, but she's still feeling completely unmotivated. Oh God, it's so embarrassing. I literally have everything. My sister-in-law gave us a stationary bike. I have a treadmill. Uh, My daughter was into ballet, so I had bought her a ballet bar. I have a stability ball. I mean, just everything you could think of. I just haven't had the motivation or... Honestly, it almost feels like even the desire to work out is gone. So now I find myself honestly pushing myself every single day just to fully eke out my workday and maybe make a home-cooked meal. And, and honestly, that's, that's all I'm, I feel like I'm capable of. Even though I have everything available to me, I just can't get mentally into, hey, this is why you want to work out, because it makes you feel good, because you feel energized because mentally you sleep better at night. Like I, I can read those things. I, I, I can logically conjure those things in my mind, but somehow connecting it between my head and my physical body, I just can't find that connection anymore. I'm going to be honest here. This question really, really speaks to me. I'm the editor-in-chief of a health and fitness magazine, and I struggle enormously with working out on any regular basis at all. I know it's good for me. I have all the stuff I need, and I just can't bring myself to do it. So when we got this question, I called Amy Isinger, our digital director here at Self. Amy is a certified trainer, and she's written a lot about fitness and motivation. We want it to be a lifelong practice that that grows with you, that changes with you in the same way that, you you know, the food that you consume changes, you know, where you live changes. And that's kind of how I look at fitness, at least, you know. It's like we're thinking about motivation when we shouldn't be thinking about motivation. We should be thinking about habit forming. Absolutely. So how can you start to make this like 30-minute workout, just such part of your routine that even on the days where you're lacking motivation, even on the days that you don't feel like doing it, you kind of wake up and you say, like, I don't really need to be motivated to do this because it's just part of my routine. It's just something I do every single day. And I'm just going to do it like I've done it on all these other days. And maybe some days you're really looking forward to it and some days you're not looking forward to it. But if it's a habit and if it's just something that you do, then you'll just keep doing it. Okay, so stop thinking about it as motivation. It doesn't matter how I feel. I just need to do it. Just like brushing my teeth or making breakfast. But how? What exactly should Monica or I or anyone else in this situation actually do? One of the first things that I think a good trainer will tell you to do if you're brand new to, you know, fitness or if you're struggling to get started with a fitness program is to start small and set a really achievable goal. And one of the things that we use for goal setting, I guess, is the acronym SMART, which stands for it is specific, it is measurable, it is attainable, it is relevant, and it is time-bound. So if your goal is, I want to do yoga more, that's probably not going to be as effective as a goal that's more specific, like, I'm going to do 10 minutes of yoga three times a week. 
The other big thing that I would mention is the concept of self-efficacy, which is the belief in your own ability to succeed in something. It's your own sense of confidence in doing something. So a lot of times trainers, when they're first working with clients, they might be working with someone who has a really low sense of self-efficacy. And this could be because maybe the person has had negative experiences with fitness in the past or because they just feel like there are all these roadblocks ahead of them. Oftentimes, trainers are working with clients to try to instill a greater sense of self-efficacy and a belief that like, you can do this. This is, this is doable, it's achievable, and you're totally capable of it. Other than setting goals incorrectly, what do you think people get wrong about fitness? People set their New Year's resolutions and then by mid-February, they've given up completely. I think one of the hardest things with, you know, setting a resolution or like what people are getting wrong is that they, they kind of go all out at once. Um, they go zero to 60 immediately and they feel like every single workout, they got to leave it all on the floor. They got to go like hard, whatever that means. And if they're not like sweating and dying on the floor, that they did something wrong. And of course, like that's, that's ludicrous. Go and have a fun, simple workout where you went for a walk around the block a couple of times with a friend, you know, and you got to catch up on your days and call that your workout. Like do a 30 minute yoga video that, you know, didn't leave you sweaty, but it also didn't leave you exhausted. Here's something else Amy said that really struck me. Your workout can be so easy that you're not actually even working out, and it still counts. On days where you really just don't feel like doing anything, just lying on a yoga mat counts. Even if you just lie there and breathe for five minutes. It means you took time for yourself and that you're making it a habit. It's kind of like moods, right? You have days where you just feel like you're on point and you're really crushing it and you're really killing every goal. And then you have days where you're like, I just need to get through the day. Your workouts can be like that too. You can have workouts where you feel like you crushed it and you just, you push yourself hard to like push yourself to that next level. And then you have days where you're like, I just want to get through it. And that's where the habit comes in. All of this is great and super useful information. But then there's something else really important to keep in mind. And it's that, Right now, we all have to be a little bit more gentle with ourselves. Because right now, in the beginning of 2021, in the middle of a global pandemic, nothing is easy. Every single day, we're dealing with more stress, sort of. At this point, you're dealing with it probably a little bit subconsciously because you think you've gotten used to it, but you haven't gotten used to it. You know, your body is still just like at this level, maybe that it's not used to being at. And so if you can do 15 minutes every day, I, I don't know. If I were your trainer, I would be proud of you. And I think more importantly, you should be proud of yourself. Amy, thank you. Thank you so much. I will, I'm sure, talk to you again in like an hour. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Look, all of this is harder because of COVID. Most people are at home and probably don't have the communities and spaces we used to for working out. Next, Amy interviews pole dancing fitness instructor Roz Mays on how she finds motivation and helps her clients do the same. But first, a quick break. You've got to put a lot of effort into enjoyment. When's the last time you said somebody had to force themselves onto an ice cream sundae? Like, I have to like this chocolate, so I will. No, people usually like ice cream sundaes because they're tasty and fun. 
This is Roz Mays. She's a certified personal trainer, and her sport of choice is pole dancing. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me because, oh boy, it's been rough. I'm just happy to talk to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) And I completely empathize with Monica who wrote in because I also have got every piece of equipment imaginable um, or at least all the, the basics of the things that I like. And there, in theory, should be no reason why I'm also not looking like The Rock these days. It's <laughs> super ripped. But uh, the reality is that our bodies are under an extraordinary amount of stress. Quite frankly, we're not used to this. We are used to exercising under almost prime conditions. So it makes sense that the workouts are different. For Roz, that's meant adjusting to virtual training sessions with clients. You know, the irony of becoming a fitness professional is that so many of us decided to become professional gym rats because we were tired of staring at screens for whatever job we were doing before. And now the cruelest joke of all is, ah, surprise, what do we do all damn day? <laughs> And as much as I would love to say, as someone who loves working out and does it on purpose because I enjoy it, it's been hard as hell. Really, really, really hard as hell for me because I also am a super extra. I'm an extrovert's extrovert. And I live for group fitness classes, whether I'm taking them or whether I'm teaching them. So not having a room full of 30, 40 extremely sweaty people with obnoxiously loud music uh, is killing me softly. (laughs) Finding the right workout for you is kind of like dating. You want a good match, the workout that feels fun and enjoyable because it's right for you. And right now, dating sucks. You have to find workarounds that are maybe a little unconventional, but still doable. Luckily, a lot of trainers are trying to help. There's high-end picks like Peloton bikes or free yoga classes on YouTube. If classes are your thing, it might help to schedule a few, just like you did pre-pandemic. For Roz, her perfect match was pole dancing. So I picked classes like pole dancing because, quite frankly, it had dance in the title. And I like to dance. I like loud music. So I was like, oh, let's start here. Think of the things that you like and what you want to see in your workout. Maybe it's all about music. Maybe you do your best when you have a friend. Then think about how you want your workout to make you feel. More chilled out, strong and badass, energized and joyful. Once I got used to going to the gym for things that I know I loved, that gave me the confidence to try other things that I didn't know I was going to love, but that looked scary and that looked boring, which ironically now, please just give me every weight ever. I just want to lift weights all damn day. Um, So... This is one of the reasons why pole and other dance classes, but particularly pole was so important to my gym rat hood is because it, it was just plain fun. It's been the most fun failing I've ever had because pole dancing is about 90% failure. Every time you go to class, you're going to see some cool things. You're going to fail at 90% of what you try. And then you'll have about 9% 
that is dedicated to shoes and outfits and lots of glitter and pole <laughs> and crafting the perfect playlist. And then 1% of the time, you actually do what you think you're going to do. Okay, no, but see, I think that's really interesting because like, I think I think a lot of people don't want to go to the gym or, or they're afraid, right? Because they're afraid I'm going to fail. I'm not good. I'm not going to look like that person over there. I'm not going to be able to do it. But you're saying you had fun failing. So like, how do I get there? The fun outweighed the failure. And that for me is what made it worth it to keep showing up, even though I was more often than not the largest person in class, the heaviest person. I was the least skilled person, but I came back and kept coming back because I was like, this has all my favorite things in it. How can I hate this that much to where I'll never do it again? And, you know, I really want to encourage everybody out there who's listening, figure out what do you like about exercise? What are some of the things? Is music important? Is solo versus team sport important? Indoor versus outdoor? Make sure you you try to figure out, you identify some of those things. So that way, when you're looking at what kind of fitness to do, you try to get as many of those favorite things in there as you can. Nobody needs motivation to do cool things that they like. They just do it. So you find something that makes you want to call out sick and lie to your boss about, I have a dentist appointment slash Zumba class that I have to leave work two hours early to go get. Like I said, the biggest thing has been to change the focus of it. The focus isn't to necessarily improve myself physically. It's just survive first and foremost, and sanity and get a quick endorphin boost, just a little something so I can function the rest of the day. That's something our listener, Monica, has been struggling with. Before the pandemic, one of her favorite motivations was feeling good about how she looked. And I felt sassy wearing my clothes to work and being out in public. And now there's just none of that. I mean, I feel like a little church mouse scurrying in and out of my house, you know, go quick, go to the grocery store, quick, go to the, you know, pick up dog food, whatever it is. And you mask up and I mean, you're not even worrying about your makeup, your hair, anything, because you're going to see people this far for about 30 seconds and you're racing back home, you know? So, I mean, even showering on a daily basis. I mean, I don't think very many people are doing that anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's like every two to three days now, it's like, hey, who's going to see me? Who cares, you know? (laughs) A lot of us have been taught to measure our workouts by how they impact us physically. And by that question that people ask themselves over and over again. Are you losing weight? And cool story, bro, but there's so many more benefits and fun aspects of working out beyond weight management. And that's not to diminish weight management, but that's not the only narrative that you're allowed to have in regards to working out. I hear so many absolutely tragic horror stories about clients whose parents made fitness a punishment for what they looked like. And they made it a punishment for their health as opposed to just like, hey, this is a cool thing to do. A bonus is that it will help your body function better. But when you're 10 and 12, you're not going to hear the function better part if your family's telling you that you're too fat and you need to fix it. You're going to hear the, I'm broken, I need to fix this. Let me do what I can to fix it to earn my family's love again. 
Roz says another way to find energy is to help motivate others. If you can't support yourself, support someone else. And that karma will come back to you. It's almost like an interconnected web of support. So me offering other people support, even just saying like, good job, keep going, let's rock this. When I need that, then karma comes in on time with exact change because there's somebody out there who gives me the support that I need. Sometimes they give it to me before I even realize that I need this support. And that's what I'm lacking at this moment. What advice do you have for folks who have been turned off by working out because they don't feel welcome in a lot of fitness settings? You know, um, they don't see themselves represented there. So you may not see people who physically represent you in person, but they're out there. We are, there is an athlete of every build, every gender identity, every size, every sport, every anything you can imagine. Somebody else, I guarantee, even if it's just one other person, they're out there and they're probably on Instagram. And maybe keep this in mind when you're searching for your ideal type of workout, especially if class choices are limited in your area. Social media has its downsides, but online groups or virtual clubs can be a great way to find community, no matter where you live. You can also download apps like Strava, Nike Training Club, or Aptive, which encourage folks to share their workouts and host community challenges so you can still feel like you're working out together. And shameless plug, Even Self has a super inspiring Facebook group. People share daily workouts with each other, talk about what's frustrating them, or what they're proud of. We'll link to it in the show notes. You also are the person that somebody is looking for. Somebody needs to see you. Somebody needs to experience you either digitally, virtually, or in person. So when you show up to these groups or online or in person, it's not just going to take. It's not just going because they've got the answer, but it's also you serve, you just existing can serve as somebody's like, oh, thank God it's not just me. I asked Roz if she's worked with clients who have found motivation in other surprising ways. Quality of life can be a huge reason for you to keep going, to keep doing something. And quality of life is, can you walk up the stairs and be less winded than when you walked up the stairs last week? If you have some awesome, rambunctious grandchildren and you want to go and hang out with them, are you able to spend a full day at the park with your grandchildren versus maybe a half hour? Those things, those are what my clients come to me. That's what they tag me in. That's what they text me about. That's what they're super hyped about. It's not just how you look, but it is I can function easier. I can carry all my Trader Joe's groceries at once. I don't have to go back down to the lobby and then walk back up to the third floor. I can put all the groceries, all the dumplings on my shoulders at once and make one trip where it may have previously taken someone two or three trips. Those are the small things that get people really proud and really excited. 
And like we said earlier, start small. Go easy on yourself. Roz says she has different workouts for different moods. Her movement depends on whether she's happy, sad, angry. What do those workouts look like for you when you have those different moods? And also like, talk about easy workouts. If you're just getting started, can easy workouts have a purpose? Easy workouts are essential throughout your entire athletic career. And what is easy for you is going to look different than what's easy for me. So an easier or a lower impact workout for me are my walks around the block. And now for some people, low impact might be like a four mile jog. That sounds like the death of Rosa Michelle Mays. But if you're used to running marathons, like that might be a stress reliever. It's like, oh, we only got to do four miles. And I'm like, jigga who? And you don't know what's going to be easy for you until you do it. And easy doesn't mean bad. And that is so important too, because people assume that if I use the lighter weights today, if I only work out for 15 minutes instead of 45, that I have failed and that this doesn't count. I wish you wouldn't tell me that that didn't count. It all counts. Roz says you have to look at your athletic career in terms of weeks, months, and years. It's about longevity. There's a lot of people who are like, let me kill myself today. And that's going to make me feel better later. Cool story, bro. The most injured people on the planet are athletes. And people usually look at it like, today I have to die. I mean, you could. And some days, like when I'm in a good mood and the spirit is with me, I'm out here in these streets walking and squatting on steps and doing all the things. But <laughs> more likely than not, after I go hard one day, the next day or two, I'm just going to like skip around or something. And if it's a habit, you'll do it every day. You'll make it part of your life, no matter how you're feeling. I want people to look at fitness less of a chore and more of an extracurricular that they like, not something that's forced on you. And if you're doing things that feels forced, that's not the right movement. And that is much harder to figure out to try new things when we're in lockdown. So I do recognize that if you're trying to find your sweet spot, you're going to have to put in a lot more effort now than you did before. You're going to have to try things that you maybe completely wrote off before. But now if that thing is more easily accessible to you, maybe it's worth a shot. You know, you're going to have to go through and kiss a lot of frogs before you end up with your prince or princess, however that thing goes. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us, Roz. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Amy. I hope you stay safe. All my other friends at Self, I want you guys to also stay safe and well. So Monica and everyone else out there, I hope you find that ice cream sundae. Thanks so much for checking in. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate and leave us a review. It helps new listeners find the show. You can find additional resources and episode references in the show notes. Follow Self on Instagram at Self Magazine. Follow me. I'm at Carolyn Kilstra. And Amy is 
at A. Isinger. On our audio team, supervising producer is Odelia Rubin, lead producer is Haley Fager, executive producer is Shara Morris, producer is Phoebe Unterman, associate producers are Andrea Batanzos and Kate Mishkin, and sound engineer is Scott Somerville. On the self team, the editorial lead is Sarah Yalowitz, digital director is Amy Isinger, researchers are Amy Marcherana Winderall and Colleen de Belfon, and production manager is Nico Steele. The theme music is by Biscuit and Butter, courtesy of Blaze Unlimited LLC. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Neon Hum Media. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.